Previously on the Black and Blue Report. One of my go-to guys, not only with the Houston Texans, but li- literally covering the NFL is John McClain of the Houston Chronicle. He's been kind enough to join us. The bottom line is against the Saints, as you know, if you don't control or contain Breeze, you're not going to win. And there's no secret there. We continue here during training camp on the Black and Blue Report uh, with the chance to visit with one of the all-time Saints greats. Deuce McAllister stops by. You gotta love this running back group. They're a dangerous group. I'm <laughs> telling you. Now, now that is not only on paper they're dangerous, but going out and playing they're dangerous. Now, from Studio B or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. Here we go. It's the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. Greetings today from Studio B on Airline Drive at the world headquarters of the New Orleans Saints and the New Orleans Pelicans. I'm Sean Kelly. Daniel Salerson's in Studio B with me here today, and we have uh, quite the show for you. Uh, this We'll call this a, a special edition, right, Daniel? I think that'd probably be safe to say that uh, this, this kind of morphed into something we didn't realize would happen. Uh, Daniel and I were sitting down this morning and saying, okay, let's, let's guess the show. Let's Let's figure out what we want to have. We know we know one guest, uh, and we've got to fill out the rest. Well, the one guest, who turns out to be the only guest today, is the president of the Saints and the Pelicans, Dennis Lawship. And the reason he's the only guest is because this might be our most wide-ranging, uh, in-depth interview with the president of the team. And, of course, a lot of that conversation is going to circle around the 10-year anniversary of Hurricane Katrina. Um, I think you're going to find there are a lot of things that uh, – a lot of us didn't know or need to be refreshed about and celebrate and all kinds of emotions may come through with regard to this conversation today. Not just that, but also about where things are currently with the team, uh, naming rights situations and the upcoming season. We have a tremendous uh, opportunity today to learn a lot more about the teams that we love. That's for sure. So with that being said, Dennis is our lone guest today. And we will take a quick break and then dive headlong into a wide-ranging conversation with the president of the Pelicans and the Saints. Stay with us. Ever been surprised by a bill? A big bill that's higher than expected? Entergy's online tools let you take control. Try level billing so there are no surprises. Pick a due date that works for you. And sign up for alerts to remind you when your bill is due. Make your bills fit your budget. Don't wait another month. Take action today at EntergyIdeas.com. That's the power of people. Entergy. Everything you need to know about your New Orleans Pelicans is right in the palm of your hands. The New Orleans Pelicans app is easy to use, plus makes an excellent companion whether you're watching the team in the Smoothie King Center or on the road. Recently added features on the app include the latest videos and highlights, plus access to a full list of arena amenities. Download the Pelicans app for free now on your iPhone or Android devices. For more information, check out pelicans.com today. What's up, black and gold fans? This is Anthony Mackie, Seven Wall Soldier, Drew Brees' disciple. You are listening to the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to Studio B and the Black and Blue Report here on this Thursday, a week that has found many of us, um, as we talked about yesterday, looking back over the last 10 years as we approach the anniversary of Hurricane Katrina this weekend. And, you know, it's amazing to me as the week has progressed how much you remember how different everyone's experience and yet how collective it was 
at the same time. You know, as for example, this weekend coming up started a journey for me that took me to Oklahoma City for two seasons with then the New Orleans Hornets and then the progression back of that franchise of the city. And here now, 10 years later, as we all look back and say, we're a better city, we're probably better people in many ways. Um, I could never have envisioned 10 years ago that not only would I still be working in the NBA, which is a tremendous blessing, but I would be also working with the other team that was displaced after Hurricane Katrina, and that's the New Orleans Saints. With that, we welcome in. He's been here before, and he's always gracious enough to give us his time, and that's the president of the Saints and Pelicans now, Dennis Lasha, who joins us uh, not only to talk about the upcoming season and what we'll have in store for us this weekend at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome, but Dennis, I couldn't help but find my way to your office earlier this week to say, could we please have Dennis to talk about his experience or help me piece together now the collective experience uh, with regard to these last 10 years? And I'm glad you were willing to do so. Yeah, well, first of all, thank you very much for being here. And, you know, as we sit here before we started, you were explaining what you did last night, which was uh, fighting a fire. So you're a first responder. And it makes me think of all the great people out there who did so much uh, for Katrina and who has done so much over the last 10 years and continues to do so much to show up when uh, when the house is burning instead of running away they run in to save folks and 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 for you and for everyone else involved um, in that line of work and all first responders I can't I can't say enough thank you thank you thank you but uh, anyway sincerely that's that's uh, I think people ought to know that about you that's that's really special I appreciate that <laughs> Anyway, yes, um, you know, where do you start when you talk about Katrina? I mean, it, like everyone, it was a very difficult um, experience, and heart goes out to all the folks who who have family members who lost everything, lost lives, lost loved ones, lost, lost friends. I mean, it, it was, uh, it was, it was truly, um, it was tr- truly um, extraordinarily impactful um, for this community. Um, but then, um, like everything else, I think, the as mr benson told us when we were in san antonio let's go back and let's make a difference and that that those simple words really have been in the forefront of everything we've done over the last 10 years in many respects and um and I, you know i one one of the things that stand out to me personally i mean we can go on and on and on about the difficult things that happened to us and our organization and the folks that lost homes and family and whatnot um but the, the the one the one thing that I you know everyone talks about um, Steve Gleason's kick, which was truly amazing, and I mean it's hard I can't even express how awesome it was. But uh, the one thing that sticks out in my mind was the NFC Championship game that year when when we lost to the Bears, and it had been such a tremendous tremendous ride up until that point, and the fans were behind us so much, and it was a cold night and. I remember two things on that night. I remember Sean Payton saying, hey, remember how bad this feels because we're laying the seeds to win a Super Bowl one day. And, you know, you want to believe that so much when you're sitting there. But, you know, you can't see yourself in that Super Bowl until it finally happens. And um, that was one thing that stuck in my mind. And the other thing was just this unbelievable sense of guilt, believe it or not, that we had lost that game and we had let the city down and we didn't go to the Super Bowl that year. Really? And um, I mean, it felt like a ton of bricks were pounding down on my back that night, and uh, I just did not want to uh, 
to lose and and it was a horrible probably the worst I've ever felt after a game because I really thought we had the momentum that year to win the Super Bowl and give it to the city of New Orleans but lo and behold happily we did it a couple years later Um, again it's uh, we've learned a lot from that experience and you know the other thing sometimes we forget about this I mean when we went to play in the Super Bowl played Indianapolis we were up and running as a company a good one two days from starting operations and they were from having the IT set up, the offices set up, the telecommunications set up. In Miami. In Miami. Right. And a big part of that was was because we were so used to evacuations. What we had learned in Katrina, we had evacuated uh, to Indianapolis, we had evacuated to other places. Um, you know, we were you know, our servers are on rollers here because we're ready to evacuate. Right. Um, and uh, so we're, it's very easy. I say easy. It takes a lot of work, but it's very easy for us. And we understand what it means to get out of the building, to get evacuated and set up somewhere else. And uh, I think that truly was a small advantage that we had in the Super Bowl. Instead of looking for coaches' offices or looking how to communicate or where's this computer going to be set up, all that stuff was set up and waiting for our coaches to arrive there. Uh, in the two weeks preceding the Super Bowl. So, again, um, you know, you take your lessons and, and your lumps and you try, you know, as they say, make lemonade out of lemons, and that's that's what we try to do. There's so much to talk about that, forgive me if this interview is kind of almost all over the map or there's a shotgun <laughs> approach to this thing, but let's let's start with this. I don't think anyone who tells you that they knew what they were getting into is of right mind and 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 has some sanity to them because quite honestly, no one knew what we were all getting into, whether it be as a football team or as a carpenter for crying out loud. What was, what didn't you know that you know now about what this team would, would have to do to get back here and be a part of the return of the city? Well, I think, you know, obviously the, it was in the beginning, it was just meeting the basic needs of, you know, um, having families here, finding schools for kids, uh, having, in fact, today we carry on a tradition that we started back then. When, when we came back, there were so few restaurants that were open. We provided all of our meals to our employees for the first month or so. And um, and we, we still, you know, we still provide free lunch to our employees even today. Um, you know that. And, uh, and Mr. Benson believes in that and actually believes that's a big part of why um, why we've been so successful is because we view ourselves as one organization. Everyone le- eats uh, lunch together every day, and it's it's a pretty special thing. But um, other other than that, I, you know, I I guess during the evacuation and and everything that uh, happened during Katrina and and everything else is is that you can be prepared. You can have the mechanics set up. You can have the logistics set up. You can have the trucks and the trailers and the planes and the equipment moved and everything else. You can be ready to go, but it's the hardcore emotion um, that you don't properly, or you pro- you can't get in, right in your head until it actually happens. And it's and, and you know you can't understand it until you truly are talking to people within the organization. Hey, I'm here. I'm showing up. I'm working. But back home, my house is completely destroyed. I mean, you know, how do you, how do you, you know, console those people? How do you, how do you appreciate those people? How do you, um, you know, thank those people? Um, and a lot of what got lost in the the shuffle and sort of the the media that was going on at the time is that how many people did show up? How many people did work? How many players did go to work every day? And it was and didn't have a house that lived. You know that, that worked in our organization did not think about what was going on in their personal lives because they wanted 
to keep the football team rolling, you know, um, which is big. Um, you know, that, that was one thing. And another aspect that I think some people maybe overlooked, certainly I overlooked, is, is the careers of the football players and the coaches at the time. Rightfully, they know they have to perform and they have to win. If they don't win, they'll be out of the National Football League. And you put them in a position that year when they are so handcuffed um, to win. I mean, playing all over the place and basically literally practicing in a parking lot in San Antonio. And, and, and there's a very large emotional toll to that. Um, and that part of the story, I don't know if it ever got out. Um, and, and no one was complaining. No one was saying it's a horrible thing, but there was a, there was truly a feeling within the organization of, for those folks who really knew that they had to perform well this year or they were out of the NFL. This was the fall of 05. The fall of 05. Yeah. Yeah. And that, you know, those types of things you don't think about when you're planning to, for an evacuation. Did you ever think, because I'd felt this way at times on the basketball side, did you ever think, and this is before we knew what the impact of sports would be in the revival of this community, did you ever think that this is almost insignificant, what we're trying to put together here? No, I, I didn't, because I knew how much this team meant to to what was going on, and, and it, it built on itself. It seemed like every week um, we played a bigger and bigger role in the rebuilding of the city. And I think, you know, I, I, again, I think this was important in, in that um, – we did come back and we planted our flag in the ground and said, hey, we're back and we're back here to stay. And we want to do the things that we think are necessary to help bring our, our, our team back. And, you know, the other thing that oftentimes gets forgotten along this was that before the hurricane happened, we had gone through a good five, six, seven years, maybe six of, of really contentious negotiations with the state. Um, and that's really no different than what's happened happens today and happened back then in every NFL market and whether or not you're going to build a stadium, not build a stadium, you're going to be here, the whole, the whole nine yards. And it, it was, there's no question, it was ugly, as, as most of those discussions are or have been. And, you know, there was a lot of mistrust. There was a lot of um, anxiety that was happening leaving in, leading into that, into that hurricane. And, um, you know, we sometimes forget about that. Mm-hmm. We, and and that, that was really playing on the emotions of people as well, understandably so. And then when we came back, our, our mantra was, we got to stop this. We have to figure out a way. We want to be here long term. There's a, I always I make note of this, there's a famous picture in the Superdome. It's the night we finally came back and there's a kickoff and it's a panoramic panoramic view and uh, it, you know they sold them all over the city and people probably have them hanging up in their office and if you look at that I mean if you, you almost need a um, a microscope to see it but if you look um, in the corner um, me and Doug Thornton are talking when that picture was taken and I distinctly remember that conversation and it was a very important conversation and I, I tell you it eventually led to the deal we had but it started that night and the conversation was this is too important to the people of New Orleans to keep this contentious relationship gone you've been through a lot we've been through a lot let's stop messing around here let's get a long-term deal I, I, I have heard and I understand what the state's needs are you have heard and understand what the team's needs are we have to find a way and we have to do it in a way that we're not playing on the emotions of the fans this is too big too important for everybody and that's kind of where the seeds were planted and it grew into what we have today i'm so glad you told that story i was going to ask you anyway you know there's been so much written now about 
the time leading up to the hurricane, um, what was said, what was not said, whether it was the commissioner, Mr. Benson, whatever about coming back, what what is what is true and what is not oh. in this narrative? And, and I'm putting you a, a bit on the spot, but nobody's talked about that conversation or that feeling of we there's an obligation almost to make right by all parties here. Well, let me say this. I'll, I'll say one thing on it. And I don't, I don't want to stir up old emotions because the whole idea was let's close the door on that whole episode and let's focus on how we can be great. I can say this without a question of a doubt. Of a doubt. I don't care what you've heard, what you've seen, anything else. When I was in San Antonio... I would tell you, I was a CFO then. I was involved in, in, in negotiations with the state here leading up to the five years. I was involved in the negotiations of the San Antonio um, um, Stadium for the three games we played there. I was involved in the LSU negotiations here. I was involved in the Giants. We played in Giant Stadium. I was involved in those negotiations there. I will tell you, never, never was there a discussion a serious discussion to stay in San Antonio with San Antonio folks that I was involved in um, to talk about we want to permanently relocate here and what's your offer or anything like that. And I would think a person like me who had been involved in all the stuff that we've been involved in, I would have been involved in at least one of those discussions. And those discussions never happen. They never happen. There was never serious discussion about that or anything else. Now, I've seen things and I've heard things written of us going to New Mexico and we had discussions with New Mexico and Los Angeles and everywhere else. I would just say, again, I've never saw that. I never heard that. And I was never a part of that. So, um, so anyway. I'm glad. I'm glad I asked. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. You know, again, because I saw it. I saw it from the basketball side. Yeah. And look, on the basketball side, there were legitimate conversations about the health and the viability of the market. Yeah. There's no denying those kind of conversations. No, of course we um, had those. We, and we the, had these conversations yeah, with the football team, right. too. I mean, uh, you know, we're talking about losing, at that time, I mean, tens and tens and tens of millions of dollars. And look, it wasn't just us at that time. I mean, everybody was talking about what's going to happen with New Orleans. So, yes, there were discussions, but there was never serious, all right, we're moving to X, Y, Z. I mean, that just never happened. The focus then was so we were so focused on week to week mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean where are we going to practice how are we going to get you know how are we going to feed our people where are our people going to live I, you know so many people think we had this gigantic plan of us moving to xyz i mean it, it just wasn't there i mean it's you know it's great to write about it's great to talk about but uh we were so narrowly focused on what was going on um that's that's really where our attention was but um but anyway, I mean, that, those were many, those 10 years ago. Yep. And after it was over with, when we, when Mr. Benson said we're coming back, I mean, distinctly remember, I was in the, we were in the San Antonio Sewer and Water Board, and that's where our offices were. The You're con- kidding The me. condemned Sewer and Water Board. They had moved to a better location, and they had essentially given us the keys. And uh, we were in that location, and he said, he called us in the office, and uh, I know Mickey was there, I called Mickey being there, and he said, hey, look, we're, we're packing up on this date. We're going back to New Orleans, and we're going to make a difference. And we're going to be the leaders. And the team, the community needs us just as much as we need the community. And we've never done anything more important. And let's go. And we never look back. 
and we got here and move forward. So, Team President Dennis Lasha, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll continue this conversation. We're going to talk about what's gone right now in the last 10 years for this organization and this community as they've towed the line together. Be right back. Last year, over 400,000 people from 90 countries and all 50 states came to Auctioner to find the critical care they needed. People who could have gone anywhere made Auctioner their destination for a level of expertise, clinical research, and treatment options they couldn't find anywhere else. Auctioner and our affiliated physicians are renowned for leading-edge cardiovascular care, cancer care, pediatric care, innovative treatment of neurological disorders, and more. Our outstanding transplant program has resulted in Auctioner leading the nation in successful liver transplants for years. And today, Auctioner is partnering with physicians and strong community hospitals throughout the Gulf South to bring access to the highest quality of care closer to home. Find the care you need today. Call 866-AUCTIONER for a same-day appointment. Auctioner, healthcare with peace of mind. At Smoothie King, we're so much more than just fruit and a blender. Because each and every Smoothie King smoothie is blended for a purpose. Whether you want to make it one more mile or simply make it through the day, we have a smoothie just for that. Bring us your purpose and we'll blend it. Looking to purify your diet? Hurry in now and try our new nutty super grain vegan smoothie. Made with almond milk, Sun Warrior protein, super grains, and a peanut taste you'll go nutty for. Only at Smoothie King, proud supporter of the New Orleans Pelicans. Smoothies with a purpose. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Sean Kelly. Welcome back. We're in Studio B. Uh, B is for Benson, by the way. Everybody <laughs> asks me about what Studio B is all about. Look, I guess Studio A is our is our studio at the Smoothie King Center, right, Daniel? That was the original radio studio. But when uh, when Dennis Lasher, our guest today, said we, we're going to have a studio in our facility here on Airline Drive, and we're going to start to do this show called Black and Blue Report. We're going to make this new studio. And I said, well, then that becomes Studio B for Benson and because it's we already had a Studio A. Anyway, Dennis Lush is here with us in Studio B um, discussing basically the last 10 years, doing a lot of what folks have been doing all week long. I know that a lot of us have triggers about uh, what reminds us of Katrina or that weekend. But, you know, as we visit today, basically this would be the 10-year anniversary of everybody – evacuating or saying to themselves grab the documents grab mm -hmm. the 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 special mementos we got to get out of here mm -hmm. so um so today even just driving in over the causeway i remember i remember dennis living on the north shore even when i came back from being evacuated you still couldn't go on the causeway it was still mm -hmm. only for emergency vehicles at the time and everything else and so driving that bridge today i was like wow you know this is kind of somewhat mm -hmm. surreal and i know You've probably had some moments like that, sure. not only this week, but over the last 10 years. Have there been have there been triggers that remind you of that weekend, especially for a young man that went to high school in the city and grew up here and everything else? Sure, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, seeing the, the desperate people who were downtown, seeing folks carrying their children with them, seeing the elderly who, who are, um, you know, who are hurting, who didn't have food, didn't have water. I mean, that if that doesn't touch your heart, I don't know what does. I mean, and, and, and that 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 was that was obviously horrible the the thing that does i guess that that made me, makes me feel good and at, truthfully it brings a tear in my eye and and i saw this at 911 and i saw it again and it's it's when you see the um you know 
the, the, the community helping those people, a man helping another man, a man helping a woman, a woman helping another woman or, or whatever, or a first responder helping someone, seeing someone from another part of the country coming here and lending a hand. I mean, those things truly, when I see those pictures, I mean, they pull on my heart, to be honest with you. And I mean, that's what New Orleans and Louisiana is so makes Louisiana New Orleans so good is is how we always seem to lend a helping hand and we you know we've done that across the country when we see disasters we we do it amongst our family and friends here locally but to see it return to us was was something that was special to me and um anyway I see those pictures and and um and again it pulls pulls on my heart but um you know I I have to be honest with you and around this organization and around around here we've been more focused on the good that's happened since then I mean that's that's really and and you'll see some of that a lot of folks said what are we doing for Katrina this weekend Superdome and our focus has has, is going to be about all the special things that have happened in the last 10 years and and because we have not just our organization's um, the Pelicans and the Saints, this community has a tremendous amount to be proud of. Um, wh- where we're headed, the direction we're going in, sure, we still have a lot of work to go. But, you know, for a person, as you said, a, a kid that grew up here, um, went through the 80s and saw some of the issues that were going on in the 80s, the direction of where the city was gone, the explosion of other cities that we competed with in the 60s passing us by. I mean, you know, it was it was our turn in the last 10 years mm-hmm. and and it was our turn to show that we're as smart as anybody else we have the entrepreneurism that everybody else has that our place is special that our government government can be fixed that our police force police forces and first responders can do the same job anybody else can do so um so that you know that's that's uh that's been that's been our focus you, so. s- you mentioned the, the uh, events at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome, which will continue all year. Yesterday we had Deuce McAllister on the program talking about 10 Years Stronger, and uh, I love this initiative that the Saints and Mercedes-Benz have put together. Don't forget, go to NewOrleansSaints.com and start yeah. to uh, click on your favorite moments, basically, yeah. uh, that have helped define the last 10 years. I, I love lists. I'm a list guy. Yeah. So um, if I were to ask you to make a list, and you, and you can either do this one of two ways. You can just make one list, or you can draw a line down the middle and put yeah. something on the left and something on the right. But I want I would love to hear the list that you would make of the highlights yeah, of the last sure. 10 years. I, I can sit here. We can talk about the dark days and, and everything else. But let's talk about the highlights. As sure. you mentioned, this city taking its chance and running with it as as you know as you said it's kind of our time and it's come out of tragedy but if you were to make a list of those highlights what what would what would be near the top and and how would you work it down well you know what this is pretty cool and uh, you know you talk about uh what uh what touches you and you know you just brought Deuce McAllister and he had the greatest quote, I think, and I'm sure I'm going to butcher the quote, but he had the greatest quote, I think, maybe one of the greatest in the last 10 years. And it's when he led the team out, I think, for the NFC Championship. And his quote was, if a man has, has never cried, he's never led his football team out on the field. And, and if you remember, Deuce did that. And he had tears in his eyes when we came out there. Um, and, and in a lot of ways, that's how I feel as president, to be honest with you. Um, if if you're not touched to be present over things we've done in the last ten years, then then you have a, you have an issue. But obviously, um, you know, winning the Super Bowl, I mean, that's how can you? I mean, that's that's magnificent. The the road to the Super Bowl, 
the the weekend and preparation of the Super Bowl, um, you know, people don't understand the amount of work that goes into into winning a Super Bowl, and and it's all, it's a labor of love. Let me say that. I don't mean that no one's complaining about the, but so much has to be done if you want to ensure your success, and that was truly remarkable. The one of the other highlights. I mean, it, and again, it's not one of the best achievements we had but certainly one of the best fan highlights was the parade the next day or the couple days later that was that was remarkable but um i guess you know we we've had great football we're all proud of the football teams that when sean Payton and what drew Brees has done and marcus colston go on and on and on i'm leaving i don't want to name more players because i'll leave people off but i mean just you know truly um what we've what we've been able to accomplish on the football field has been has been outstanding um you know, and our fan support, we 10 years of sellouts, both on tickets and suites. I mean, that's, that's I don't want to say unprecedented, but there's not many clubs in the National Football League that can say that. Um, unbelievable television ratings, best television ratings in all of the NFL. Lead, lead the league in television ratings over the last 10 years in this market, which is, which is um, pretty remarkable. You know, we've had two giant renovations of the Superdome. We had the first, obviously, the first renovation that was required because of the hurricane, and then we followed up with another renovation a couple of years ago. And then, and then, let's not lose sight. We're working on our third renovation, which is going to bring us a new video and video boards and audio and uh, <clears throat> improvements to the suites and a bunch of uh, back of house infrastructure. Um, I don't care what anyone says. We've thrown the best Super Bowl in the history of the National Football League, the one that occurred here. Um, Leading up to that game, I've never heard um, such um, praise for a city, to be honest with mm-hmm. you. That was truly remarkable. Uh, all-star games, same thing. Um, I think two of them. Two I mean, of them. Yeah. I would tell you if – I mean, I mean this in complete respect for the rest of the NBA and all the NBA host cities and everything else. I think if the NBA had their drillers and they could come here every year, they would come here every year. I mean, that's how much they like it here, and and we really love hosting uh, the NBA here. Um, you know, again, big accomplishment was the long term lease that we did with the state. I'm personally very, very, very um, proud of of being able to accomplish that. We're here to 2025, and hopefully, many, 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 many years after that. But um, but real excited about that. You know, we redeveloped Benson Tower, Champion Square. Um, real proud of that. That building is completely renovated, completely full. Um, and um, we're real happy with that. Um, we, we, we still have, we have on the drawing board now, we still have uh, plans for the rest of the development of that square. You know, Club 44 and the old food court is now used on game days and they've been successful. But we have some bigger ideas that we want to pursue there. Um, you know, the other thing that was kind of neat over the last 10 years was the acquisition of WVUA. Sometimes we forget about that. And, um, yeah. And, and I guess maybe for those who, who don't know the significance of that, what would you say? Well, I think the big significance of that was us supporting the idea and notion that we were planting our flag in the ground. What people forget is that that station was for sale and no one wanted it. It was untouched. And Mr. Benson said, you know, that we can make this station awesome. We can, they have good people there. We can turn this thing around. We can really um, compete. And we did. I mean, we, we, we bought it. 
Um, brought in great management, had good people that was mo- mostly great people that worked there. And it was real commitment, a big commitment. Well, a lot of people, you know, I could say, and a lot of people would find this hard to believe. Mr. Benson, one of the big things he walked in said to the journalists, hey, you could write anything you want as long as it's true. Oh, and they you, have. They have. <laughs> as long as it's true. You know, and I remember a journalist said, well, what if it's a saint story? And it's, you know, says something bad about your head coach or your GM or you, Mr. Benson. And he's like, as long as it's true, you can write it. You have my authority to write it. Don't let anybody tell you not to write a story. And for as long as we own that uh, that television station, I, I can certainly attest there's never been a story that we have said we don't we don't want you to broadcast. And nor would they. I mean, they have journalistic integrity, and we're proud of that. And it's shown. I mean, they've won countless amount of Emmys. They won the Peabody Awards. It's won the Murrow Awards. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're Mr. Benson's very, very proud of that. In fact, for those who come to our practice facility, we have, you know, we're proud of the fact that we have a Super Bowl trophy, the Emmy displayed there. We have the Peabody. And so it's it's an award that we have displayed with all the, the rest of them. So um, we really like the relationship we now have with Raycom. But it, that was, it was a great investment, and we're real excited about it. And I know Mr. Benson's real excited about it as, as well. Um, you know, we had the naming rights deals both for both buildings. We can talk about naming rights in a second if you want to talk about the, the, what happened in Atlanta. We can talk about that. But we have two naming rights deals. I mean, before the hurricane, um, both you know, both buildings had struggled to try to find a name rights partner. We were able to close on that. Um, and then, you know, the purchase of the Hornets were very big, something I'm really proud of, you know, rebranding it, the Pelicans. I could tell you, Mr. Benson's real proud of everybody in this organization's real proud of the fact that we were able to get involved with the basketball team. Um, it's, um, it's been, it's been awesome. Um, again, the bringing both organizations together, um, we have some great people that work in both organizations. Um, it's it's worked out great. Um, you know, both teams are you know very are financially stable. Um, they both look financially viable. They both look like they're going to be here. Well, they both are going to plan on plan on having here forever. I mean, mm-hmm. so that that idea that there was some uncertainty is gone. Um, we're real excited about that. Um, uh, you know, we, the basketball team, making the playoffs—that's big. I think we're on the brink of something. Even something bigger, even so. bigger. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're excited about that. Um, you know, this whole idea of we have to hit ten thousand pre-Katrina or we're going to lose our basketball team is gone. Thank God. You'll never hear us say that. Um, by the way, we're well, well, well past ten thousand season tickets. Yeah. So um, that was that was something that was. We always felt was a, a challenge to the community that was unnecessary. So it's something that we're we're never gonna knock on. Well, at least I will never say. Uh, hopefully, my predecessor will never say as well. But um, we, you know, we're real, the, the season ticket base is, if not the strongest it's ever been, it's pretty darn close. And by the time we tip off October thirty first, we're really gonna have a, a a pretty strong season ticket base, which we're real proud of. Um, you know, something that kind of gets overlooked. We're proud of the Disney training that we've done with all the SMG employees and with our employees, and it's reflected in the customer service reviews that we get back. We're real, real um, like that. Um, 
like what we're doing digitally, Black and Blue Report. This is I a mean, let's new uh, frontier, new frontier, so, yes. and uh, and every every day it expands, and um, the world is changing, and and we're focusing on that. We're really excited about what what's going on in the digital world. Um, the uh, the uh, the other thing we're real proud of is the Legends program that we just initiated this year. That's uh, bringing all of our alumni back. Uh, um, that, that big part of that is reflective of what Mr. Benson is doing to support um, the legends in Canton. Um, um, for folks that don't know, we had a gentleman here named Dan Simmons, who was our equipment manager essentially from day one, or pretty close to day one. He retired this year, and we tapped him to be in charge of our uh, legends program, and he's doing an outstanding job, and we're really getting a lot closer to our alumni, so um, we're going to try to get them activated um, and integrated into our game day um, better than it's ever been before. And we're going to also do outreach programs with them to make sure that they're getting the medical care that they need. Mm -hmm. And if they're having financial issues, let's make sure that they're getting into the financial programs that the NFL um, um, has. So, you know, we're real proud of that. Um, so, I mean, that's just that's a list of things that, that we've done. Um, the one the one thing that's coming up, I'll tell you, and, and it's, it's small. It's small, but it means a lot. I think it means a lot to our basketball fans, too, is this this uh, this year – in the lobby, we've talked about this on the show, but it's starting to come together, and I'm really liking it. And it's going to be some murals and, and cases of the history of basketball in Louisiana. And it's going to be interactive, and um, it's going to have trivia questions. But um, as a quick aside, it, it's forced me, I guess, to um, over the last year to, to really look into the history of basketball in Louisiana. And it's it's a pretty good story. It's a very good story. And I think our fans are going to be really shocked at how how much basketball Louisiana um, has uh, has given the world. I can't wait to see it myself because yeah, yeah. I think that a lot of times it's right here. I think about basketball in the city. It's right in front of my nose. Yep. And it actually is much further along. The, you you are now kind of becoming the steward of the history of basketball in this community as, as the president of the NBA franchise, but then reaching back a little bit. Yeah, we have to. So the history that – Quite honestly, we have not been a part. No, of it. it's important though. It's yes, very important. And and um, I mean, like I said, you know, we've had a number of professional basketball teams here. We've had the Hurricanes. We've had the Sports. Most people know about the Sports. No. We've had the Bucks. We've yep. had the Pride. You know, we forget that Loyola won the national championship. Grambling's won a national championship in this state. McNeese has won a national championship. Louisiana Tech women's program, oh, I think, has won wow, four yeah. national championships. Uh, the first NBA game that ever played had a um, had a player from New Orleans in it. Uh, obviously, Pete Maravich did remarkable things, and the list goes on and on and on and on. And, and uh, anyway, it'll be it'll be fun to watch and see. So, uh, before we take our last break, any fumbles along the way? No, I would. I would never want to admit <laughs> Bounty Gate. I would never want to admit. Uh, no, I, you know. I, I mean, of course, we're going to make our mistakes and we're going to have our issues. But uh, you know, I think I think the best thing we can do is is just kind of brush ourselves off and 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 move forward. And I'm sure, I don't know. You tell me. You think having the train whistle last year was a good idea, or you think that's oh, the uh, air <laughs> oh. We're gonna we're gonna pack that one away for a year. Yeah, but um, so. no, yeah, I, no, I agree. I just I think part of the story is uh, a lot of us try to do home renovations when we had no business doing them. All of us have had fumbles along the way in yeah, these 10 years. Did. And I think at some point you can probably look back and smile. On oh, sure. No, sure. Question. no All question. All right. Well, I'll ask you about the naming rights thing. I wasn't going to bring it up, but I'll ask you about that. Sure. And then uh, we'll kind of set the tone for the uh, for this uh, 
this next preseason game of the season. We'll take our last break, and we'll continue with Dennis Lawshit in just a moment. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. Power outages turn your world upside down. You need to know when your power will come back on, and you want to know what happened. The fastest way to stay informed? Entergy text alerts. You'll get prompt updates on when your power will be restored and on what happened. You can even send a text to be sure your outage is being repaired. When the power is out, what's faster than calling? Texting. Sign up today at EntergyText.com. That's the power of people. Entergy. The Pelican schedule has just been released, and 12 game plans are now on sale. 12 game packages, including the ever popular weekend plan, allow you to take in a couple of games a month throughout the season for as low as $199. Don't miss your chance to see NBA All Star Anthony Davis and your Pelicans take on the biggest names in the NBA, including LeBron James, Steph Curry, Kobe Bryant, and more. Visit Pelicans.com or call 525 Hoop and score your seats today. Want to listen to the Black and Blue Report on your phone? Download the Saints and Pelicans app today. Welcome back to our very special edition of the Black and Blue Report. Uh, This has been one of my more enjoyable Studio B sessions as we continue with the president of the Saints and the Pelicans, Dennis Lawship. All right, I didn't didn't think we were going to talk about this, but we'll go ahead and talk about naming rights because uh, there's been... (laughs) There's been some hemming and hawing going around about them dirty birds over there in Atlanta with their new stadium and slapping Mercedes-Benz on there to be Mercedes-Benz Stadium. And, of course, we, of course, call home the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. What do you want to say about that whole situation? Well, you know, I don't don't know if I have a lot to say, but I I will say that um, prior to them doing that, Steve Cannon, who's the the president of Mercedes-Benz for North America, who was – the person who was most influential in, in doing the naming rights for the Superdome, um, you know, contacted us and they said, Hey, look, we're, we're going to do this. We want to let you know, we're going to do this. We certainly, uh, mean no disrespect in any way, shape or form in doing this. Um, we're, we're going to, we have a contract with you guys for another six years or so. We plan to continue it to continue to be Mercedes Benz Superdome. Uh, we have talked um, extension. We have some extension rights in the contract. We're still talking about those extension rights. The bottom line is, well, two things. One thing that he brought that I think everyone should know is they really like the relationship with the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. And it's been very successful for them. And part of that success has led to them thinking about doing another deal with another naming right. rights they wouldn't partner. do this yeah, if they didn't yeah. like the one they yeah, had. Right. Yeah, that's, that's one thing that he wanted to stress. And, and secondly, let's not forget, I mean, I think this is important, and to their credit, they are moving their national headquarters to Atlanta. And I think to a certain degree, they, they, they want to have a presence there in Atlanta. And uh, they're moving there, like I said, their headquarters from New Jersey to Atlanta, and um, and they and they want to be a part of the community there and feel like they're part of the community, and that that's probably has a lot to do with it too. But the other thing that I would point out is that 
as much as we like to think, and I like to think that this was the only Mercedes-Benz stadium in the world, and 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 and, and they would never um, have another Mercedes-Benz stadium. The truth of the fact is, is that they're almost on every continent. There's one or two or three Mercedes-Benz stadiums or arenas. I mean, they have teams um, that have the Mercedes name on their stadiums in Asia, Europe. And I'm probably forgetting other places as well, but I, I know it's it's common for them to use this as a, as part of their as part of their their marketing goals. And look, at the end of the day, it it works. It really does. I mean, these name rate deals. I mean, they cost a lot of money these companies, but it's working. They have a it's good for their brand, and um, you know, and we're delivering um, the NFL particularly is delivering a gigantic um, television market um, each week. Um, it's also uh, I could tell you for Atlanta. Um, you know they have the, the they have the college championship coming, Final Four coming. That's another attractive reason why um, why Mercedes wanted to get involved there. But look, we're gonna we're we were fighting for the national championships and the Final Fours and Super Bowls and everything else. And as long as we are able to deliver those things, and as long as we keep our building up and it's relevant and our team does well, then you know some people are gonna want to be associated with us, and and they want to be associated with us. So I mean that that's where we're at now with naming rights. So in no ways does this jeopardize any type of an extension conversation. Not that I'm aware of. Okay. In, in I fact, I would I would I would go so far as to say that we actually have our head of sponsorship in New York today, in the last two days, meeting with them. So, again, I don't want to in any way uh, suggest that we're signing the long term or anything. I'm not suggesting anything. I'm just saying the relationship is very good. So uh, we'll continue to, um, you know to monitor it and see where we go, but we're very happy and they're very happy. And there is a personal level here with Mr. Benson having Absolutely. been a Mercedes-Benz dealer Absolutely for there decades. Is. Right? Okay. Absolutely yeah. there is. Speaking so. of Mr. Benson, and I'm not just saying this because, by the way, he he's signed a boss. paycheck, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, but seeing him at training camp up in West Virginia, he look, I, these last months, I can't even imagine what it's been like for him um, to go through what he and his family are going through. But he looks fantastic. Uh, he's, he's in great shape. <laughs> I, I tell mean, you he's what, in great he was shape. all over the place. He's all over the place. He's as sharp as he ever has ever been. He's on top of it. He's he's um, you know pointing out things that he sees at practice to Mickey. <laughs> I'm being nice about that. He's pointing out things that he sees uh, throughout training camp to make sure attention's being paid to the details. Um, again, the man's here nine o'clock every eight to nine o'clock every morning. He doesn't leave until six o'clock every afternoon. He's engaged in everything that he's doing. His car dealerships, he's very engaged in, um, his, the building downtown he's engaged in WVUE he's engaged in, and then particularly the saints and Pelicans. And, and as you know, he let each lunch in the cafeteria every, every day and make sure that the food's good. And, <laughs> and, uh, he, he has is, a routine, doesn't he? He does yes, have he does. a routine and, and, God love him, and it's great working with him, to be perfectly honest with you. All right, preseason game, but a big game in my eyes, uh, coming up on Sunday against the Houston Texans. About everybody in the world from Fox is going to be here this weekend. This is They're viewing this weekend, obviously, with Hurricane Katrina anniversary, but also they're getting their self, themselves geared up for the regular season. There's a lot of attention that Fox is placing upon this game against the Texans on Sunday, and then right there before you know it, the regular season starts. So let's let's finish the show like this, and, and, uh, and I love – having you on usually usually about when each of these seasons starts whether it's pelicans mm-hmm. or saints you know what what are your thoughts here uh as we get set to really crank it up here um in uh, 2015 well i mean a big part of my thoughts is what i hear and see from the players and coaches and what they tell me and what i see and what the players are talking about and i, and I could tell you um 
They're excited. Folks are really excited around here. I think you probably sense that as well. Um, you know, I, we obviously have a younger team, um, but the, but they're playing well. Um, we have a great coaching staff. Um, and, and, and you know, as long as we have Drew Brees as our quarterback and some other talented players um, surrounding him, I think we're going to have a very good football team. So, again, it's, it's still we still have two preseason games to go. We still have a little ways to go. But, again, I'm – I'm excited on, on on the direction that we're going, and I'm excited. I know Mickey's very excited about where we're going, and um, and um, you know it's 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 a tough it's a tough that being in NFL's the the schedule can be tough. I mean the, the season obviously can be tough, but we feel real good about it. So um, we'll, we'll we'll see where we go. Are you so. gonna be a, are you gonna be a a harder president because now on your Saints app on your mobile device you can watch four different angles for replays when you're watching games at Mercedes-Benz Superdome and now you'll have full knowledge I, of what's I, going right and I tell you, I, look I'll tell you what you brought that up yeah. and I was going to bring it up and I'm going to I am begging the listeners it to please get the app it's free it does not cost anything we're not going to bother you you want it for your game. If you're in the Superdome, we have it. Uh, the the NFL allows us to show these replays on your app. You have four different angles. I don't know if you used it yes, this weekend. I, I mean, you use four different angles um, to review um, all the plays that occur, all the replays that occur. You can do it on your phone. It's outstanding. The best stats and up-to-date stats uh, that are outstanding. And then we also have the Beacon technology now. <clears throat> So we're informing folks as you walk through the stadium what concession lines are the shortest, uh, what concession lines are open, how to exit the garage, what garages are open. I don't know if you saw we have we have we've we've linked up with NOPD and and, and the uh, state troopers and we're telling people what roads are open, where there are wrecks, um, all those types of things. I mean, it is a remarkable device. I am begging you, if you don't have it, get it. It's going to make your game day that much better. Absolutely. Uh, and, and let me say this. If you can't do it, you're, you're technologically unadvanced like me, um, we will have people around the Mercedes-Benz Superdome ask any of our employees. They'll be more than happy to help you download it on your phone so that uh, so that you get it. We're going to have folks in the club. We're going to have folks in the suite level. We have people roaming um, the concession lines in the entrance lines to the stadium this week um, to help people if they they want to download their app. And again, we're not doing it for any other reason than we think you're going to love it and it's outstanding. You get the inside track. Yes. I mean, you're as informed as any of our employees at yes. this point when you have this. It's fantastic. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Charlie Rose, and so I love when Charlie Rose has a great guest on. He says, uh, Dennis Lasha for the full hour. We've had, <laughs> had you just about for the full hour, and I really appreciate it. Well, thank you. Yes, I and apologies it. to anyone uh, meetings with you that uh, I have now <laughs> pushed back. It's probably good. <laughs> <laughs> Great stuff. I've enjoyed it. Thank yes, you. Thank you. Enjoy the season and uh, check back often, please. Yep, we'll be back. All right. Thanks. That'll do it for us here in Studio B on this very special edition of the Black and Blue Report. Tomorrow we jump full head on into our conversation with the Texans, John Harris from the Texans Radio Network. Kurt Menefee from Fox Sports also probably with us tomorrow. We're excited about that, and as you full well know, you never know who else will stop by. We'll see you next time on the podcast for the Saints and the Pelicans fans. I'm Sean Kelly. Have a great rest of your Thursday. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. 
Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.